0: Hello, my name is Dan. This is Desert Island Dicks. I don't know why I'm saying it like that, but it is. And uh, we have got a guest for you today, and her name is Laura Ramoso. And you might know her from Instagram and TikTok, where she talks a lot about her... Well, she does impressions of her German mother and her Italian dad, and loads of other funny things besides that. Let me tell you what, if you are listening to this right now on Monday, the 25th of September then you might still be able to get tickets to go and see her at Soho Theatre in London, because she's here until the 30th doing a run at Soho Theatre. She had very good reviews for this show from Edinburgh and for Soho Theatre. So yeah, if you know her uh, and like her stuff, or even if you don't, maybe go and check out some of her stuff. And uh, yeah, that's that. Hey, talking of seeing funny people live... Did I mention, I know I did mention, but I'm going to mention it again. We're doing Desert Island Dicks live as part of the Cheerful Earful podcast festival. And we have got the wonderful, brilliant Jenny Eclair as our guest. And it's going to be really good. And you know what? It's actually only about, God, like six weeks away or something. I should probably, I don't know. I don't really know what I'm going to do. I was going to say probably prepare. I don't need 6 weeks to prepare. You know, it's not like I need a Rocky-style training montage, but uh it's exciting. You can get tickets from cheerfulearful.co.uk. They cost under a tenner, which is I just think it's a bargain. So go and do that. Come and hang out. We can have a little drink and have a little laugh. That's the kind of, you know, what's better than that? A little drink and a little laugh. What a great evening. It's a classic, classic recipe. Uh, I'm overtired and I'm talking too much. So let me stop and instead introduce our guest. It is Laura Ramoso on Desert Island Dicks. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest. And here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian famous for her German mother, Italian dad, and much more besides. It's Laura Ramoso. How are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm doing really good. How are you?
0: Good, thank you. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. I think uh, you're a busy person, you know, just got back from Edinburgh and you're in the (laughs) middle of a run in Soho Theatre. So uh, I appreciate you making the time for us.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Now, um, it's always nice to have international guests on the show. I mean, you are about as international as it's possible for a human to be, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess you could say that. I'm sure there's people who are way more international than I, definitely. But yeah, I've had a pretty interesting upbringing.
0: Yeah, so so uh, based in Canada, but um, you've lived in all parts. All- parts of the world obviously you have a german mother and italian dad as lots of your comedy is based around so you i think have a unique perspective on the world does that mean it's easy for you to sort of think of a big list of people you'd hate to spend time with on an island because you (laughs) you, you you think so globally
1: it's definitely, it was, it was uh, easy to think of a category of people mm-hmm. I would least like to be stuck with on a desert island. And yeah, obviously they are based on real personal experiences.
0: I'll, I'll let the listeners into a secret. We delayed this slightly, so I don't want to keep you uh, waiting even longer. So let's just get straight into it and uh, let's see who your first dick is going to be on the island.
1: Yeah, okay, so the first person I'd least like uh, to be stuck on a desert island with is um, my middle school bully.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: It was a terrible time as a, what, 11-year-old being bullied by by someone who was also 11. I think that's um, really a, a bad situation. But wouldn't it be so much worse if you had to re-meet this person in your late 20s on a desert island? Like, they're probably not a good person still. Mm. I think it would revert back to that sort of middle school dynamic, and I'd feel very insecure again and sort of um, wouldn't want to team up with this person to, like, make shelter or learn how to make fire.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because the ideal is on an island, you'd all try and find a middle ground and get along, but you'd have to sort of have a long conversation about why they were such a horrible bully. Because, like, presumably they'd realise, unless it was just... I mean, most bullies know that they're making people's lives a misery, I think. And, you know, I like to believe we can all move on and people can change and stuff like that. But you'd have to get past that first, wouldn't you? And that would be horrendous and awkward.
1: Yeah, definitely. You'd have to have that 11-year-old conversation without a counsellor this time. Um, (laughs) And yeah, no, it would be probably a horrible time. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I think I would just throw my body back into the ocean.
0: You are very much allowed to say it. I mean, you can say you throw their body into the ocean if you want. I mean,
1: (laughs) Well, that would be. um, okay. yeah, I'll say that. I'll throw their body back to the ocean. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I mean, I've been fairly fortunate and I don't think I had any real bullying, except I remember I think when I experienced bullying was like, when I was really young, I'm sort of like five or six, you know, but even now, if I think about that person, it's sort of like makes me jittery. And, you know, I'm 41 now. So the idea of like, somewhat like a, you know, if I imagine like a six year old now saying these things, I just like, who are you? I don't care. Oh, yeah,
1: of course. A step you know, on but, them. Um, yes.
0: But uh, yeah, the idea of meeting them is like, ugh, that's that's weird, you know?
1: I know, it's very primal. It's like your first experience with that sort of dynamic and um, the first time you feel those feelings. And, uh, yeah, it's PTSD.
0: Yeah. I think it's weird because in a way, you kind of think of like when you see kids and you go, I know you're capable of all this sort of stuff and you don't quite understand empathy and things like that. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, they're such vicious little bastards. It's almost like I think you must understand it at some level because you're really good at like you know, twisting the knife. It's, it's that...
1: so true. And then there's some kids who don't bully, so obviously they understand. Mm. Um, but don't they say that kids who are really mean, are there's a reason for that, like a very sad, you know, personal or home reason for why they act out that way and like, you know, bad home life or something like that. But um, mm. I guess when you're young, you just don't really know.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I've, I've known people who were bullies, who I've also known them well enough to know what their background was like and they had absolutely no problems at all. So I think some Ugh. people are just complete dicks. Sometimes.
1: Just dicks, just yeah.
0: dicks, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you've got this uncomfortable atmosphere to start with. I think part of you, I mean, for me, part of me would kind of be thinking, oh, well, they're grown up now, they seem okay on the surface. Maybe I'll just let it slide, but I'd always, I think it would come out at some point, wouldn't it? And so, Oh, that's oh, yeah. exactly what you would say, like back in whatever grade
1: oh definitely and of course the person who was your middle middle school bully if you really slot them into a box turns up to be they probably sell essential oils on the internet now they're part of an mlm or pyramid scheme you know that's their whole energy so i really feel they wouldn't be helpful on a desert island anyway
0: yeah i do think they have a sort of grown-up pyramid scheme energy i think you're right yeah hundred percent it's sort of like being able to loudly proclaim your success, but still also kind of pressure people quite a lot.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. They're always yeah. on about their husband, who they married when they were nineteen, and their beautiful three little angels. Mm. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think if you post about stuff too much, it's uh, it's masking something. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, yeah, a bully uh, from your middle school goes on the island with you. That's a good first choice. Who would uh, your second choice be? Okay,
1: second, I wrote down the guy who takes rec league sports way
0: too seriously. For, for those of us in the UK, rec league, what would, that, what would the equivalent sort of be?
1: There's sports leagues that you can join as an adult. They have different levels, intermediate, beginner, intermediate or advanced. And it's essentially... Leagues that are organized by some sort of organization where they they make teams and then they organize tournaments. And it's essentially a way to play team sports as an adult without having it be. Um, like you don't have to be a like professional. A professional. So, yeah. I don't know. What would the equivalent be here in the UK?
0: I mean, I guess they do, they have things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's just, I don't know if we have like a, a name for it or it might just be that I know so little about sports, we do have a name for it and I just don't know, <laughs> so. But I- I'm yeah, sure you sort do. Of, I know that people, you know, like friends of my wife play in, play sports, like play netball and they're in a league. So I think it they, they do exist, but That's... I just don't know what, if there's a banner for them or something.
1: Right, no, that would definitely be what it is, is mm. it? if you're an adult who plays a sport, Um, and you're not a professional, you're probably playing in some sort of recreational
0: league. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Um, Do you find there's any particular type of sports person that are worse than others, or is it just like (laughs) a general sort of grown-up jock vibe that's uh, annoying?
1: It's definitely a general grown-up jock vibe. I think the sport that I would most associate this guy with is, um, I don't know if spike ball became really popular here in the UK,
0: Mm, I'm not sure what that is. Is that like a baseball where you hit it off a uh, like a sort of little th- a pedestal thing? Yes,
1: yeah, so you hit it off of a net that's around and it sits on the ground and it's a small ball and it's kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say it's like volleyball but, uh, but essentially it's two versus two or one versus one or whatever and you hit it onto the net and then the other person has to lob it back up and hit it back onto the net and it-
0: Oh, so it sort of bounces off the net? Yes, it bounces ah. off
1: the net. And it's uh, it became really popular at least in um, in Toronto uh, this summer and and the stereotype is it's like dude let's play some spike ball man like that's the vibe that it got so I don't know if this translates uh, here in the UK do you have a sport that's that's more like that that kind of generates this kind this guy this atmosphere
0: um, I don't know I mean that seems almost like a sort of a novelty sport that's become a bit serious. Is yes Right. like yes yeah what would it I, can, what, uh, I don't know what a, a, an equivalent of that would be but I think it is especially galling if the thing they're playing is ultimately a bit ridiculous and then they're <laughs> taking it very seriously oh yes
1: like ultimate frisbee I would associate yeah. that with okay. this guy too mm. um
0: yeah yeah, yeah. I know this sort of thing you mean I mean here this is this isn't an equivalent but it's a similar sort of vibe so you know uh like lots of parks have set up little 5 10k runs you know every weekend so you can if you if you're a keen runner you can just go along and they'll give you a time so you've got a personal best and blah 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 and this you know a lot of people go oh I started doing a park run at my local park did right. a 5k you know and all that sort of stuff <laughs> and a lot of people just sort of have a go and it's nice to have someone time you and as a community and that sort of thing some people take it really seriously and i was in the park once uh, when my my eldest son was just a baby and i was pushing him around in, in the buggy and like this this group of runners just came like hurtling around like really sticking to the, like the racing line of the park and like there was another group of walkers in the way and some guy got so angry he was like guys look out the way it's a park run and, it, and and one of the stewards even had to say, yes, it's just a park run, <laughs> chill out, like you're supposed to go around, you know, bystanders. It's a park like, run, wow. Yeah, and I was like, mate, can't you hear yourself? Yeah, you said it's a park run. You didn't say, guys, get out of the way, this is the final <laughs> of the Olympic 200 <laughs> yeah. meters, you know, yes. and it's that sort of energy, he's thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> I know yeah, you want to get your personal best, but you are in a public <laughs> park, you're not on a racetrack, so... Yeah.
1: That's hilarious. That is the guy. That's the guy. Um, so I think we, we've, we've we've nailed uh, who it is. And I just feel there would be way too much talking down and way too much stretching for my liking on this desert island, mm. um, trying to get too many personal bests and organising who does what.
0: I think in life, ultimately, like, I like to practise something I call sort of positive nihilism, you know, which is kind of going, you know, like this thing right now is important to me, but ultimately... It's bollocks, you know, like, you know, you can take whatever seriously, you know, take your running seriously, take your time in the gym or doing any sport seriously. But like, don't expect anyone else to really care that much because ultimately it doesn't matter. You know, Yeah, that's a great mindset. But I think uh, it it works quite well when the world is on fire. You know, like you try and do your bit, but also try and not worry too much at every single moment of the time. 100%. It doesn't doesn't always work. I'm sort of testing it out. (laughs) But um yeah, you're on the island with someone who's constantly taking things a bit too seriously, or one day you're throwing shells into a coconut shell from a distance <laughs> to pass the time he gets really into it, you wake up the next day, he's drawn out a, like a rotor system, or like a league, like a tournament, you know, yes. it just all escalates and gets a bit much.
1: Absolutely. He's found a headband and wristband. <laughs> somehow, also just the shortest shorts you've ever seen in your life.
0: Hmm. And I, I mean, they're very separate, but I wonder how his kind of vibe goes along with the sort of school bully vibe, because there's, you know, there's a sort of a weird, they they both sort of involve like an, a fixation on something and a bit of anger.
1: Definitely. Oh, I think they're married. I think they got married. <laughs> they're together for sure. Um, they don't talk, though. <laughs> it's no. a silent marriage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, very much on Instagram only, kind of yes. happy family. Exactly. I can see a lot of difficult interplay between the characters and you, and that's what I, I love to see on this podcast. Finally, then, for the for the people, who's going to be the, f- the final person?
1: Okay, so I feel like when I say this, um, some people might think, why wouldn't you want to be stuck on a desert island with this person? But my third and final person I wouldn't want to be stuck on a desert island with is... Uh, your therapist
0: right okay good good what are your reasons for that
1: i think that you think that you'd have a person to kind of talk to about this experience and they obviously have the training and the understanding of what might be going on mentally uh psychologically with what's happening but they are also going through the experience and i wouldn't want to be there for my therapist becoming a three-dimensional person with with feelings as well. Like mm. I only see them obviously you pay your therapist to, to talk about your problems. And I don't know that I want to know what they think and what their problems. I want to see them as this on top of this pedestal I've put them on of this person who knows everything mm. and who is a comfort. And um, to see them fall into the same pit I am would be he- heavily destabilizing.
0: <laughs> and it's weird isn't it because of course therapists also have problems but you Obviously. kind of just imagine like oh well you know all the answers to stuff and you'd be able to sort of self-examine and go oh well that's probably my my problem and that's what this is coming up like this and da, da, da. and of course they have issues and problems and fears and worries and concerns all the time but it'd be quite weird seeing that from them
1: oh yeah yeah and who am i supposed to call when we get off the island
0: yeah because yeah. I think a big thing for them as well is like, you know, like you have your time, then the time's up and they go, okay, well, we've got to stop there because blah, 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 blah. And sometimes like, I'm, I just want everyone to be friends with me. So I always kind of forget that like, you know, you shouldn't add a little kiss at the end when you text them or something right. like that, you know, it's got to be professional, but yeah. you know, we'll have a joke sometimes as well amongst all the other stuff going on. But so to then try and live in a world where they're sort of like, They're not your friend, but you've got to get along. But sometimes they can be your counselor. They know all your history. Yes. You know, it's like a friend of mine's an osteopath and you know that you're not always supposed to say, can you just have a look at this pain in my shoulder? Yeah. But sometimes you also want him to and he's there. But you need to sort of go, listen, at some point tomorrow, if you've got time, could you just check this out? (laughs) Yeah. But I don't live with him all the time. So imagine if you're like there with your therapist and you're like, I would really like to just have an hour with you to talk about this. Yes. But then we have to continue living. You can't just like turn like you know, like if it's online, you can't just shut the screen and then no. go about your life. So you have to how do you navigate normal. that?
1: I know. The power imbalance too would be very um very stark.
0: Yeah. And you'd kind of have to sort of go, Well, you know, must know about all this crap. Like what do we yeah. like Like I what mean, do we do? Is he an arsehole? Like I'm pretty sure he is an arsehole. Is yeah. or is that me? Yeah. And then when they're an arsehole. I know.
1: Have you seen um, Triangle of Sadness?
0: Oh, yes, 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 yes. I have seen that.
1: Okay, Triangle of Sadness. I feel like the therapist in this scenario would be the head of housekeeping from the boat who usurps the sort of submarine and has sex with everybody and and kills the girl at the end. Like, they would just be get hungry with power. I think that's the therapist in the scenario.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So, I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about being able to play mind games, then, you know, they're sort of black belts compared to us, I would have thought.
1: Yeah, yeah 100%.
0: Yeah. Scary. I also wonder if you... Because, I, I don't know, it depends what you talk to your therapist about, but sometimes I just think... I hear myself talking and I go, bloody hell, I sound like such a fucking dick. Yeah. You know? And they'll kind of go, no, 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 because no, look, you've got this going on. Look, it's yeah. fine that you feel like this because, yeah, they, you know, they were wrong to do that. But, you know, maybe you reacted like this and you go, OK, yeah, cool. I'm not I'm not the dick. <laughs> yeah. But then sometimes on the island, they go, you know, that time you fucking were the dick and you're you were a fry baby <laughs> and you need to pull yourself together. Stop <laughs> thinking about all these things that happened when you were young.
1: I know it would be it would it would rock your world. It's not supposed mm. to happen. It's not right. You shouldn't have yeah. your therapist on a desert island with you.
0: Yeah yeah okay well look I think this is a really good setup so because also that's so the other thing I was just thinking like imagine seeing your therapist who you've trusted with all your hopes and fears and worries and concerns and being so vulnerable with. imagine they're just sitting there by the fire with your school bully
1: <laughs> just
0: like having a laugh. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're like, this is the person I was telling you about. Don't talk to yeah. them. Oh, I yeah. seem all right. This yeah, is fine.
0: I know. I think he was just joking. <laughs> you know. Oh, and you're horrible. a thicker skin. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, it's getting nicely complicated. I mm-hmm. like that. Okay. We have the people uh, in their starring roles. Um, but mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favorite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad?
1: Oh, my God. Okay. My least favorite thing to eat is licorice. It's Oh, yeah. How do you feel about licorice?
0: I think it's one of those things that's like, we've got better confectionery now. So why does <laughs> it still exist?
1: It's not the only thing you have on like your break when you work on the railway. You know, it, it's it's <laughs> I, uh, it's. it's so disgusting to me and um I don't see how anyone sees any pleasure from it but it just fills your mouth and senses with it kind of like smoke but not smoky Mm. but just just so strong and unpleasant I could not I can't even eat a little bit
0: yeah there's things that taste of it that I don't mind that much like is it fennel has that sort of like that's sort of okay for me but like this thing that's supposed to be like a treat, like a, a sweet is, I mean, this is madness. And then in some countries it's extra hard and they yes. add salt to it. Salt. Like, oh. Were you having too much fun? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Do you
1: want to rip the first layer off your tongue and palate? Yeah. yeah. It's terrible. Absolutely horrible.
0: Yeah. It's um like certain things like that. And there's like certain kind of biscuits you get, like over here in the UK, there's a type of biscuit called rich tea biscuits. And they're basically one step away from, like, the sort of crackers you'd have with cheese, you know, oh, right. but they're supposed to be, like, a sweet biscuit. And it's like, why are you still <laughs> buying these when there are nice ones with chocolate on? And, like, what what are you doing? Are you, like, yes. some kind of... You know, like, you see on YouTube, I think these days, there's, like, a new um, movement of... Um, oh, what do they call them? But like, in sort of Greek and Roman times, where people were sort of deliberately led a harsh life... Stoics.
1: Oh, okay. Right. You know, where you're
0: not supposed to have too much luxury. You're mm-hmm. a bit sort of pious and kind of like a Spartan lifestyle of like not having too many things, you know, work hard. Just, and I just kind of think, I get it. And maybe we're too comfortable in lots of ways, but, but also just like fucking have a treat now and again. It's
1: why it's, it's gotten, life's gotten too good that you have to inflict this upon yourself is, that's a problem. Just enjoy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's like everyone telling us to have cold showers all the time. Oh like, come on man. Tell
1: me about it. It's hot water.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's I like know. one of the nicest bits of my day is having a hot shower. I know. Make it worse for me. Feed me licorice afterwards.
1: Or people who climb who people who um, climb mountains and then, you know, a nail like a that sort of tent bed onto the mountain and, and sleep on oh, the Oh, sort of like
0: of them. like a hanging like a hammock yeah, hanging like off the side. Ugh.
1: extreme climbing. Why? Why do you oh, have to do this? Horrendous. I mean, I would yeah. go so far as to say, why does anyone camp? But, you know, some people feel really strongly about <laughs> camping. I don't know. I can't I do I mean, it. I
0: don't mind a bit of, like, going in a tent with my friends and family when it's kind of quite easy and, like, the kids can look after themselves and we can have a drink round a fire. But I'm not going – I'm very, very much not going <laughs> off-grid. Yes, know, with that. yes,
1: backcountry.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose that's the sort of thing where licorice probably – did come about it's like it's never gonna go old you know it's like jerky licorice yeah. raisins all the dry dark foods they're yours for the taking nomad
1: yes uh they're so dark so so dark
0: okay well should we give you a little selection box of the various types of licorice you know one's just <laughs> that stick of licorice that people use have and like bite yeah. off and yeah, I mean, it's never really been that popular over here. We used to have like licorice all sorts, which was sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yeah. I've seen
1: them, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, and some were a bit more fun. Like some didn't have that much licorice in, basically, and then yeah. others were more. Uh, but yeah, I think they're pretty much died out. But then you go to other countries, and they're still just bang into the hard, mm-hmm. salty licorice. Okay, so.
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. okay. And what would your drink choice be? What are you going to wash the licorice down with?
1: Oh, uh, Red Bull.
0: Red Bull yeah okay. yeah
1: and it's not even um the the energy part of it which might come in handy on a desert island or or uh, yeah but it's the taste it just it it I it can't it's tastes and smells like gasoline and um if if someone is drinking a Red Bull like uh, two meters away from you, you can already smell it um so yeah I could not I can't drink a Red Bull to save my life mm.
0: Yeah it really has a smell to it doesn't it mm-hmm. like I find nowadays um I often need to keep one in the car because these days like driving makes me really sleepy I'm often going right. up to my mum's house which she lives 3 hours away I've got two small kids I'm always yeah. tired Yeah but they do different flavours now so it's okay yeah. right so they do like a tropical version and that just tastes like a sort of fizzy sugary tropical drink Right So again like with the licorice if we've got nice flavours of this thing now like, which we can use purely f- for functional reasoning, yeah. you know, for reasons. Um, why the hell are you drinking, like, the cough medicine version? Right.
1: Yes. Good question.
0: And then they have bigger cans of that one. Mm-hmm. And, like, people drink it on a night out.
1: Mm, vodka, Red Bull. Ugh, I don't know. Uh, I can't drink vodka either. But um, that just sounds like the worst combo.
0: Yeah. I find now with Red Bull, I'll you know, I might have, like, a cup of tea or coffee in the morning. I'll set off in the car have an emergency Red Bull on the way sometimes. Right. It's not even a long journey, three <laughs> hours really, but like it's just something about driving these days as I'm old. It just, you just need it, yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll arrive and I'm like, I feel insane. Like there's a fine line. <laughs> and it's just like if I've had a couple of coffees and a Red Bull, I'm like, oh, I feel like, I don't know, how do I get rid of this? I need to like right. eat something or like, like it's just so mad, the amount of crap yeah. in there.
1: Yeah, is your heartbeat really fast as well? It's
0: I just sort like... of never try and f- try and see because you know when your heart's beating fast, and then you realise it's beating even fast. Like... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I see that. Just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's your thing on the island. So you're all just because now again, you're just bored. You go, let's just have a Red Bull just, oh, just, just for something to do.
1: Buzzed on licorice and Red Bull. Ugh. Oh, or oh. what our stomachs are the. Horrible! We're yeah. going to have a horrible time when the bathroom. is terrible.
0: School bullies on Red Bull. Oh, the yeah. Guy who takes sports too seriously on Red Bull.
1: Your therapist. Therapist uh, on
0: Red Bull. Not correct. Yeah. Okay, well that's a horrendous food and drink you've uh, got there. So well done, well done. Now, Laura, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. <laughs> The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favorite film of, of all time, and the other is your least favorite song. What are they and why?
1: Okay. Um, I think the, my least favorite film I'd like to, I, I, I'd wanna see over and over again is um, the absolute madness that is the Polar Express, the animated okay. um, nightmare. Have you ever seen <laughs> The Polar Express?
0: I haven't seen it, I'm afraid, but I know of it. So um, Tom Hanks is the voice of, of one of the characters. Tom
1: Hanks, yes, famously, yes. Um, and it's not so much the story. it's The animation is very creepy to me anyway. Mm. And um, the way the characters talk and move um, just sets, my, sets me on edge. And, and I think it became kind of a meme a few years ago on the internet, like, can we believe the Polar Express was a real movie? Um, but, I, yeah, it, it's uh, it's really scary. It's supposed to be this nice Christmas movie for, for children, but I, I kind of, I'm like, play it on Halloween. This is no good. Mm.
0: Yeah, so I, I've seen the trailer, and I'm sort of vaguely familiar with it. Like, it it came out around, like, 2004, mm-hmm. but it yeah. looks much, much older than that.
1: It does, yeah. The, the animation so, is is dated, for sure.
0: But it's strange because I'm sure other things like Monsters Inc. came out around that time and didn't look so weird. So it looks like like the lip syncing and stuff is done really well, as mm-hmm. you'd expect from something from like two thousand and four. But it's like got this weird fuzziness to it that's all a yes, bit
1: it does. It's like the, the an aura of like scary. I don't know, it makes me feel uncomfortable.
0: Do you think it's something to do with the, the, the story? Because it's something like he he wakes up and goes on this strange train adventure or something. Is it supposed to make it a dreamlike state or something like that, maybe?
1: If I had to watch that um, over and over again, I think, as I've already mentioned, maybe I'm doing this too much, but I would throw myself into the ocean.
0: <laughs> so I've, I've sort of, you know, I'm familiar with the aesthetics. In terms of the content of the film, What are we what are we dealing with?
1: Okay, so I was afraid you were going to ask that because I don't know if I remember a lot of what this movie's about. But <laughs> in terms of the content, I know there's some sort of Christmas. Um, he, there's a boy who who is living in a house, and it's Christmas, and there's a bell on his Christmas tree, and um, he can't hear the bell. Um, so I don't know if he, if it's because he doesn't believe in Santa or something, but like he can't hear the bell. Overnight, a Polar Express comes by with Tom Hanks as the conductor. And it's this sort of invisible train um, to adults or people. Or, I, 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 again, I don't remember. I'm, I'm doing this movie very little justice. Not that it needs justice. I think it's a terrible movie. <laughs> but um, he goes on this adventure on this train, meets a bunch of characters, and then goes to meet Santa or the reindeers or, or there is elves. And then at the end, he hears the
0: bell. I think there's there's that sort of device is used a lot with Christmassy things where it's like someone doesn't believe something, Mm -hmm. so here's quite an elaborate production to prove to this one child that Santa does exist. And you think, I mean, the idea of Santa, obviously, you know, he's got a lot of work to do in one night, and we have to believe that. But then, if you think of like the sort of infrastructure around him, yeah, where he's taking every every child who doesn't believe in him someone from his organization is taking them <laughs> on this elaborate journey to sort of really prove the existence. You think they could just sort of say, well, look, there he is. Yeah. Look, I'll show you one Christmas. I'll show you him coming down the, <laughs> the, the chimney. But then you have to promise to go to sleep and not tell all your friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's would It would be much,
0: be much easier, wouldn't it? Than...
1: It would be. It would be. All these campaign funds just being spent. Um, also, I would like to just point out if anyone listens to this and says laura does not know the plot of the polar express um just know that i called it up before you did i i'm not pretending i know a lot about this movie all i know is i don't like it <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think there'd be something quite poignant though as well about having to watch a christmas movie on a desert island and never knowing what day it is and yeah and always wondering if you're watching it on christmas
1: oh 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 wow how touching
0: be like, God, Imagine. this could be Christmas. This could be Christmas. Not that you'd choose to watch it on Christmas anyway, because you don't like the film. But yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, an added little edge to it, I think.
1: Oh. At what point do you think that you could watch a movie every day forever? And then would it at some point become enjoyable to watch again? Do you think? Mm,
0: I sort of feel like you'd have to like it at some point before you hated it and then for you to like it again at the end. Right. I think if you started off hating it.
1: Yeah. You can maybe. learn to love it.
0: Maybe, I don't know, maybe it would just become your little comforting thing on the island.
1: I think you know, I'd end maybe up, um, yeah, maybe. I think I'd end up focusing on one different thing every time I watched it. Like, tomorrow yeah. I'm going to watch it and I'm just going to look at the top left corner of the screen the whole time. <laughs> Stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but imagine like the weird Red Bull infused dreams <laughs> combined with that slightly dodgy <laughs> animation. <laughs>
1: truly Just getting
0: really strange night terrors from it all yeah yeah okay and what would your uh, song choice be
1: oh this is controversial especially because i live in toronto but um i'm mm. not a fan of drake i'm so sorry and so uh god's plan by drake is the song that probably i would choose as my least favorite to have on this island yeah how do you feel so, about drake
0: well I know very little about him, given what a huge star he is globally. Mm. I know almost nothing about him. But every time I listen to him, I just cannot understand what what the fuss is about.
1: Thank you, I completely and it's like, agree.
0: I know with things like Kanye West, it's like, oh, you know, I don't know all his stuff, but I've heard some stuff of his, and I'm like, okay, this is like, you yeah. know, pretty interesting, progressive stuff. I've heard a couple of Drake tunes and I'm like, like I've heard the one you mentioned and heard the hotline bling. Mm-hmm. Is it called that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, I just think they're awful. <laughs> I was like, what, what is this? Like, why are you, it sounds like, like I used to love hip hop and mm-hmm. now I'm old. I'm in my forties and I'm one of those people like doesn't understand new mumbly hip hop. Yeah. I'm like, I can't differentiate this between like this and any other mumbly shit that I've heard. I I'd, like what, why are you a genius? I don't get it.
1: There's just no part of the, the 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 music that I enjoy, like melody or lyrics or vocal performance or anything like that. Um, Yeah, I, I don't get it either. But I guess I can respect it. So many people enjoy it, but mm, yeah.
0: I just, the way I've heard people talking about him, I kind of expected it to be a lot more than yeah. what, what I've heard. I mean, I've heard like literally maybe two. So I've probably heard more of him and not realized it was him sure but uh when i have heard it i've just been so confused oh right it's just like the sort of mumbly stuff with the vocoder on
1: yeah
0: quite sparse nothing really happens yeah um and like hotline bling as well it's like just i don't know it's all his stuff like that
1: yeah i would say so
0: i've had conversations with people who work in like music industry mm. and i've just felt so old where i'm just sort of like seriously it's not as good as it used to be though is it i mean come on is it <laughs> come the on, golden yeah. era of hip-hop yeah, and this yeah. come on there's no yeah. like great lyricism or like good like it's not even like the instrumentals go oh yeah i love that james brown tune and you've sampled that and yeah i mean like i say there'll be younger people listening to this going you've old prick but um <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that sort of thing was so little tonal change forever on a desert island. Yeah. So
1: you know? just not not the emotional catharsis you need from a song.
0: No, there's just no sort of build or drop or mm-hmm. light and shade. It's just one note.
1: One note, for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay, so Drake and what's it called? He's called um, God...
1: God's uh, plan.
0: God's plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Well... That's your your entertainment sorted. And uh, Laura, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is this and why?
1: I mean, I'm sure you get this a lot. I don't doubt that you've heard this, but a cockroach Mm. is the most disgusting animal that exists on the face of the earth. I hate cockroaches. I'm not sure anyone likes cockroaches. I think they're hated by everybody.
0: Yeah, I, like, I think luckily in the UK, I think you have to have a real sort of sanitation issue if you get them in right. Like they're very rare here. Do you get them much in Canada?
1: Um, I think you get them more than you do here um, for whatever reason. But um, there's different kinds and there's, I just think a, any cockroach is a bad cockroach. Uh, and
0: yeah.
1: yeah, I've definitely seen them.
0: Mm. But sometimes they fly as well, and it's like yeah. the super cockroaches <laughs> yeah, are big, know. and they fly. Yeah,
1: and they don't oh. die. Like, they're very – they would be – they would survive – are they supposed to survive um, nuclear
0: bombs? That's what that's what we're told, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. 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 There's certain animal facts, like a cockroach can survive a nuclear bomb. A yeah. swan can break your arm with its wing. That's yeah. like another one. They, these are like the sort of go-to – like things about animals, because um, I mean they don't they don't really do anything. They they shouldn't be scary because they can't hurt us. No, so it's annoying that they're so horrible.
1: Yeah, i agreed. All they do is reproduce. I think that's mm. all they do. that's disgusting.
0: Because um, I have I have lots of family in Australia, so when we used to go and visit when I was mm. young, I'd love it. But even before I went, I'd be worried about like seeing a cop because inevitably i'd have some encounter yeah. i remember once being in the shower with one and i couldn't i couldn't get out oh. and i was like oh no there's one in the shower oh, with me it's terrible i think it's the way their antennas move in a very smooth way yeah and that's i don't know why that's so freaky
1: it's freaky Their body, the way they walk, they're fast and they're crunchy fast. yeah no i i can't i can't handle it yeah. yeah, they
0: are freakishly fast mm-hmm. for their size. And um, and then some of them can fly as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the flying ones, you sort of often, like, they'll just fly into a wall or something. So you hear a sort of...
1: Oh, yeah. you can hear them. Yeah.
0: And then they sort of yeah. plop onto the floor and then they're just scurrying oh, around. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. 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 Well, look, I mean, it's a good thing to be on your island if, because we are making the worst island possible. So... Imagine having to wipe them off your licorice before you <laughs> eat it.
1: Oh, this is putting me off. I hate this. No, no, oh, that would yeah. be horrible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The listeners won't be able to see the look of genuine panic on your face right now. But I feel like you are really living this experience and it's time to sort of put you out of your misery. So let's move away from the island now. Let's talk about what you're up to at the minute. So um, as we're recording, you're just finishing off your your dates at the Soho Theatre in London.
1: Yeah, at the Soho, I'm having so much fun. Uh, The crowds have been amazing. It's really nice to be there and it's so cool to be in this Sort of iconic space, yeah, I, I'm I'm loving it.
0: Great, great. And then after that, um, are you heading back to back to Canada, or do you have plans to in the UK more?
1: Um, so right after London, I'll go back to uh, Italy where my parents live. I'll just do another little um, break, and then I'll be back home to Toronto after that uh, until about Christmas.
0: So if you're listening to this now, then you've very slight chance you can try and get a ticket and I definitely recommend it. Go and see Laura. And uh, Laura, thank you so much for coming on Desert Island Dicks today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really had a fun time.
0: And I hope you managed to shake off the the ickiness of of what you've put yourself through. I'll try. I'll talk to my therapist. (laughs) There you go, Laura Ramoso there on Desert Island Dicks. We have got more coming up for you as ever because we like to keep them coming, baby. Straight off the production line. Yes, just another reminder that you can get tickets for our live show on the 2nd of November. I didn't mention when it was. It's the 2nd of November, cheerfulearful.co.uk to get tickets. And it's at the Bedford Pub in Balham, which is in southwest London. And it's a lovely place uh, to come and hang out and see a show. That's it. Uh, Desert Island Dicks has been a sync-clap production. It was dreamt up from the mind of James Deacon, who also produced and edited this episode. Thank you, big man. I appreciate it. And uh, big shout out to Chris Attaway, who sometimes edits it as well. And uh, always, always a big shout-out to the big man, John Deacon. The Deacon family are a family of good people, and he is the figurehead. That's it for me. Bye-bye.